What's going on, everybody? This is Steven. I'm here with Heath, and this is Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. Thank you for joining us. We are recording this on a Monday night. We'll get to why in a few minutes, but thank you so much for taking some time to join us. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing this. Appreciate, appreciate y'all listening. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Uh, we have our local shout-outs. Heath, who we got? For one of our local shout-outs, we're going to actually hit on their high school football playoffs are going on right now. And they're all to round three. And we got seven local teams. We're going to start. We got Mobile Christian, Faith Academy. We went both there. UMS Wright, Gulf Shores, Sarah Land High School, Theodore, and St. Paul's. Let's take a second to hit on. I know in the, earlier in the year we mentioned we went to the Theodore-Sarah Land game. Yeah. Really big. It's really starting to look like. This is the third round, right? The third round. If they both win this week, it's starting to look like Black Friday going to have a rematch, a showdown for the semifinals. What a day Sarah that Land at Theodore. Yeah, that will – I mean, if you heard us talk about the first game, there was, we guess, probably eight to 10,000 people there. A lot of people. Um, who knows how many will be if they're both – because if they if they play each other, it'll be the game right before the uh, championship, yeah. correct? So yeah, if, it's, so it's if the semifinals, they, yeah. Whoever yeah. wins goes to the state championship. So I want to hit on Ryan Williams – Sarah Land, in the second round of the playoffs, he had six touchdowns this past Friday. He's a sophomore. He has, I think I saw today, 34 touchdowns on the season, and he's probably in line to win Mr. What's it called? Mr. Football? Mr. I think, I think Mr. it's Mr. Football. Football in the state of Alabama. I think he's the first sophomore that could possibly win it. He is absolutely electric. Electric. He had like three touchdowns and over 200 yards in the first, first quarter. Half. Was it the first quarter, first well, half? Yeah, it was first half, first half. Yeah. But still, it's insane. Devontae Smith type stuff. It's absolutely insane. But we're super excited all those teams. Hopefully, best of luck to them. Hopefully, Faith Academy wins. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be nice cool. to see. You know what's yeah. crazy is, um, not to throw shade on them, but when I was doing <laughs> finding the teams that were still in the playoffs, Mobile Christians in the pl- playoffs, they only have a 5-7 and seven record. Well, so that means they had, to, they had to forfeit. They forfeited like the first half, first four games of their season. Oh, did they? Apparently, yeah, apparently they played an ineligible player and they didn't know, so they had to forfeit. That's why. So that's why so I was going to say that means yeah. five and seven. So that means they would have made the playoffs with a three and seven record. Yeah, I, I was like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but, I, that, but that's why. Okay, so that makes sense now. Yeah. So let's roll on. Let's talk about, and then we're going to hit on why we're doing on Monday night. South Alabama football. They played Texas State last week. They beat them down. Cool stat, David Simi. We really appreciate David joining us last week. He did a really good job. And Matt the week before. I don't know if I gave Matt credit. We really enjoyed it. If you would like to join us, just let us know. But David Simi, the stat, South Alabama has a top three rushing defense in the country. It's pretty yep. impressive. And South Alabama to this week received a vote to be in the AP top 25. A lot of polls show them at like 30 I think if they went out and be ten and two, they could possibly sneak into the top twenty five, and that would be absolutely awesome for South Alabama Stevens. Yeah, that would be huge. Um, really exciting to see them in some uh, one of the tops in some rankings um, as far as like defensively and that type of stuff. You know, um, just continue to grow continue the pro- to grow the program. program Hopefully, um, I wonder who, who are they going to play if they in the Sun Belt. Have they officially locked down the some going to the Sun Belt Championship? No, if it Troy's got to lose. If Troy loses this week, that's they'll right go. because they lost to Troy. Yeah, one, which sucks. Yeah, one game. One but, game. 
that's kind of how it is in Tennessee and Georgia. But hopefully they can. Hopefully Troy will lose and they'll make it. Um, so moving on to so the reason we're recording this is is Monday. We used to record on Tuesdays. Um, tomorrow night, Heath and I and then um, some family we're going to the South Alabama basketball game to watch them. But also Alabama is coming to town. So that's where we'll be tomorrow night. Little, they changed the times on us. It was a seven o'clock game, wasn't it? Or, yeah, yeah, seven o'clock. And they now it's a nine o'clock game. It's ridiculous. I'm, how do you? He just changed it two hours later. I don't know. I wish they would have, you know, told us. I'm actually a season ticket holder this year. David, who was here last week, he got me hooked up with that. It's something really cool. I went to their first game of the year. They won by like fifty. They got a seven footer. Transferred from uh, TCU. Guys, really good. Really athletic. Alabama's really big. Alabama's really good. It should be a really good game. Hopefully, it doesn't last too long. But it's going to be a late night for us. <laughs> it is for sure. Be exciting to watch. I haven't been to a South Alabama. I haven't been to any basketball game college level it's in gonna be fun, dude. a long, long time. But especially, I've, no, I, I've never been to any uh, college game other than South. Yeah, it's um, going to be great. It's going to be very, very fun to watch. Obviously, we're South fans because of the, our local team and obviously Alabama fans. So it'll be a win-win. Watch watch great players. Watch a great game on both sides. So we're going to roll into our segment. I do that? And this is a little different type of did I do that. You know, usually we highlight maybe teams like we've roasted Alabama a few times this year, sometimes coaches, sometimes players for just – Dumb decisions. And this week we're going after, I, I don't want to say creepy old man, but he kind of looked like a creepy old man. You want to break it down for him? And we'll, yeah. we're going to post this video on our Instagram page if you didn't see it. If you did, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. It's hard to describe how creepy this is without you seeing the video. So like Steven said, we're going to post it on our Instagram page and probably Twitter so you can really watch it if you don't know what we're talking about. But we're going to talk about Mike Pereira. And if you know that name, you're like, that name sounds familiar. He is one of the guys for Fox, NFL, and college football who does, when they have a controversial call and they like, well, I wonder what the, and he brings in and he breaks the play down for replays and stuff. Well, he got caught. He didn't know the camera was on him. And he was, he got caught looking off camera and he was licking his lips like kind of, <laughs> Kind of like uh, seductively, yeah. <laughs> like licking his lips at somebody, and like did his eyebrows up, kind of like, hey baby, and then he, I guess he realized he was on camera, and then he, he just, just walked he off, just cut his eyes, and then slowly like walked off. And behind <laughs> where he's supposed to stand, it says Mike. What's his name? Mike Pereira rules L.A. I'm like, what a loser. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're definitely gonna post it. You've got to watch it because it is. I mean. It'll make your hair curl. Your, gives you your, like gives creepy you, old man at Walmart vibes. Like a little singe up your spine. Just like extremely creepy. And it's like, dude, how do you not? I mean, I don't know. Like I'm a not, dog licking their lips when they got a bone down there on I'll, the ground. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not in front of a camera. But isn't there like a red light showing that, hey, this camera's on and live or something? Or I don't know. Something happened. He did not know the camera was still on him. <laughs> no, I feel sorry for you, man. I, I, you're a meme for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, you you know, I, I, I'm sure your grandkids were, like, blowing you up and kids, and I'm sure maybe even, 
I don't know. I guess he's married. I mean, I just wonder who he was looking at. Yeah. I don't, it might have been some food. It might have been he was thinking about them Thanksgiving dinner. I have no clue, but we're going to post a video so really everybody knows what we're talking about. But we're going to transition into our hot topic. And this kind of broke this morning. This is really, really sad news. I don't even know how to say this. Former Virginia player kills. He shot three active players for the University of Virginia. And he shot a couple more. I think they're in the hospital right now. Yeah, we don't have too many details. Um, like he said, it just kind of broke today. And we, we wanted to bring it up because it was definitely a hot hot topic. Um, so, like you said, former former Virginia football player. Um, and from what I'm reading and have found, it doesn't really say – I mean, obviously because it is just recent. They haven't been able to – like, I, I don't know. They the guy know who used, did it. They know who did it. Um, they just don't know, like – I mean, what was the purpose? Was Does this guy blame these guys for – I don't know if he got kicked off the team. I don't know if he decided to quit playing. I don't know if I, – I, we don't know. We don't know. All we know is a former player goes after a few active players. Um, I think it w- was three of them officially uh, pronounced – he killed three of them. Um, uh, just, just, you know, just prayers for their family, prayers for – Everybody involved, hopefully those guys that passed, hopefully they knew the Lord. Man, just prayers. I can't imagine. And uh, hopefully the law enforcement find him as an active manhunt. As of this morning, I haven't heard if they found him. Hopefully they pieced together kind of what happened and why. But like I said, man, just prayers for their, the people that passed, family, and everybody yeah. around that situation that hopefully they get some closure and I don't know. Yeah, kind of hard to understand. Situation. Hard to understand a situation like that and why someone uh, would do that. But our prayers are with them. Thoughts are with them for sure. Uh, but moving on, second hot topic. We kind of hit on it last week, real fast. Um, so Brian Harson obviously got fired, um, and then Cadillac Williams was announced as the interim head coach, and he's been getting. I think we even said last week they definitely need to consider him. But even after this past week. In this past week's win versus Texas A&M, he's even getting more and more, as far as what I'm seeing, buzz about people really, really want them to consider him. And most people are saying, hey, it's a done deal. You need to hire him. Don't look. Don't go try to get Dion. Don't try to get Lane or Matt Rule or somebody else. Let's stick with Cadillac. Yeah, and this is our one of our hot topics, and it's definitely getting a lot of buzz. This is how much of a hot topic and a buzz it is. We're, I'm sitting on the couch yesterday watching the Dolphins game. My wife is laying on the couch and she's scrolling through social media, and she says, "And she, she you know, she watches a little football. She doesn't know too much." She says, "You know, is Cadillac really a good coach? It seems like everybody, he's all over my social media. Everybody likes him. Everybody wants him to be the coach. You think he's going to be the next coach?" And I'm like, "I'm like, dang, it is taken over from what he did before the game, going out to the student section and giving them a speech before the game, and having." Auburn was three and six. That place was packed. Sorry, my voice. Yeah. That place was packed. You couldn't have known that they wasn't playing for an SEC championship on the line. And that was two terrible teams there. Cadillac Williams, he brings energy. And to me, I heard people say, I heard on the Paul Feynman show, they say, well, maybe that Auburn will hire a coach and then say, tell them to put him on the staff. I don't know how you can do that. To me, if you – he's an Auburn guy. He wants to bring there. 
be there. He brings energy. He's a great recruiter. And now I think football, and we're going to hit on Jeff Saturday later, football to me is going to more towards the coach, needs to be leader of men. He needs to be able to recruit. Mainly somebody that the players want to play And the players play want to play for. You can tell an absolute difference between Harson and him. And to me, if they hire him, all they got to say, if he hires the right offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, it could be a great hire. Yeah, I – so – I'm kind of on the fence. Obviously, nobody knows if he would be a good coach, like as far as like coaching and getting his players ready as far as, I guess, the, and O's. developing yeah. them and that type of stuff. Um, and I think a lot of it is because people disliked Harson so much, like even people in the program, even his own players disliked him so much that almost anybody else that would have taken over for him, they would have wanted to play for more than him. Um, but I think some of it is legit and justified excitement. I mean, again, yeah. you know, two bad teams and they beat a bad team 13 to 10, you know, wasn't a impressive game by no stretch of the imagination. But like you said, the, I watched a little bit of it, tried to catch a little bit of it. The fans were pumped. Yeah. The players were, like you said, I mean, three and six, they're, they're, they're not going to make a bowl game probably. Um, but the players were playing like it was a championship on the line. And I want to hit on something he said after the game. They interviewed him, and he he was very emotional, and he was so passionate. And he said, you know, sometimes guys just need to know that they're loved, and they need to know that it's okay to make a mistake. And you don't have to jump down them, but it's okay to make a mistake. You know? So, I definitely think he could be hired. I get Here's a question I thought about on the way over here. Is Gene Chizik a great coach? No. Is Gus Malzahn a great coach? Not overall as a head coach, I would say no. Gene Chizik Chizik won a national championship when Nick Saban was at Alabama. Gus Malzahn had Auburn in the national championship. I mean, I I believe Cadillac could do that if you put the right people in place. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like like you said, a lot of being a coach is – the players wanting to play for you. So I think I think he'll get good players. I think players will want to come play for him. And he's and, total opposite of Nick Saban. Yeah. To me, you can't try to get a guy like Nick Saban. Yeah. You get somebody total opposite. He's kind of like a Dion. I, I mean. Yeah, full of energy. Yeah. P- players love him. And he's he was a player. He was a great player. Yeah, not he, just in yeah. college. Good player in the NFL. Um, yeah. So players are going to be like, he knows what I'm going through. He knows – he has seen it through my eyes. They're going to want to play for him. Um, and honestly, I know it's only been two weeks. I mean, they could get blown out. They could lose the next two games and people might change their tune. I don't know. But I don't know if there's anybody, maybe Deion Sanders and maybe maybe Lane Kiffin that you could bring in and people would be perfectly fine with not hiring Cadillac Williams as the full-time head coach. But I think – I still think even if you did, there'd still be some blowback about, oh, why didn't you give give it to Cadillac? Because he's gonna give he's he's gonna give his all for the program because it's not just a job. That's his alma mater. That's who he wants to be the coach of. It's like I would it's his dream job. I would think. Yeah, it's his dream job. And let's just roll right into Auburn beat Texas A and M thirteen to ten. You think thirteen to ten, man? What a bad game! It was actually a pretty decent game. Cadillac was the running backs coach before he got the interim head coaching job, and he absolutely run the ball. Yeah. That's what they do. 
they run and they play defense. The the quarterback, what's his name? Ashford, uh, Ashford. Robbie Ashford. He's not a good quarterback. Yeah. He can run, but he's throwing the ball, reading the field. He's still got a ways to go, but he can absolutely run. And let me tell you this: if they somehow beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl, he's got the job. He'll probably be signing the papers before he leaves the field. If they can keep it close, if like if they if Auburn does what they did last year to Alabama, oh, that job is his. The guys fight for him. Which is a possibility because we still have Bill O'Brien as our offensive coordinator. Absolutely. The running backs run hard. Uh, Tank Bigsby, Hunter, both had over 100 yards. They run hard. The defense seems to, you know, have played with a lot of life. Texas A&M is just not a good football team whatsoever. No. But still, I mean, you still won. You still won. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah. And like I hit on already kind of. But, yeah, and I, I saw that. I mean, they just were – determined to just run the ball, which is what they should have been doing all season long, especially with their quarterback issues. Um, no reason, just pass, pass, pass. Good win for them. Uh, a lot of excitement over a four-win team so far. But, hey, um, he, he brings a lot of excitement. And a lot of players or a lot of fans are excited. And that's part of it, too, is getting the fans excited. So, rolling into Alabama, they beat Ole Miss. Uh, I got this one wrong. I picked Ole Miss to win. Um, and honestly, in the first quarter, through, through the whole first quarter, I thought I was right. I was like, well, yeah, I, I was I was right on this one. Um, and really even kind of the first half, but especially the first quarter. I can't remember the stat. I, sh- I didn't write it down. Um, couldn't find it. Wasn't it Ole Miss outgained Alabama like, was it like over 100 and something yards or 22 yards in the first quarter or, yeah, or, or, or something right. like it was, that? It was bad. Yeah, it, it was it was horrible, um, and I just still for the life of me, they did in the second half they got better, but for the life of me, Ole Miss's defense is not it's not a top defense, kind of like LSU's defense. You know they have their moments, but they're not a top defense, especially rushing defense, not a top defense. And it's like they Alabama didn't want to run the ball as much as I thought they probably should. It is. Uh... Listen, we're both Alabama fans. We say that every show. I'm happy Alabama won. It looked very – we didn't look like we were going to win there. This team is not very good. Ole Miss is not very good. Alabama is just not very good. We play Georgia, we're going to get beat by a couple of touchdowns. Ohio State, a couple of touchdowns. Michigan, a couple of touchdowns. I just believe that. This team is not very good. The play calling, we finally started running the ball. You know, I think CBS – and I know we were texting, CBS did Gibbs a disservice. They tried to make it seem like, which the coaches told them, you know, Gibbs isn't hurt. He's just not playing. Yeah, they That's made ridiculous. S- Anybody that knows anything. Yeah, they made it seem like he got benched, which it was, I mean, I was confused. I was like, why? There's, There's no way. No way. I, I, they said that he basically got benched is ridiculous. He he rolled his ankle. He got hurt. They came out after the game. McQuellum was running hard. The disconnect between Bryce and the receivers is – so interesting. Yeah. I don't get it. Maybe it's because Bryce is hurt. He's not practicing. Bryce only threw for 209 yards, and he threw for three touchdowns. First time throwing for three touchdowns since we played Vandy. Yeah. He yeah, only that, threw two touchdowns against Tennessee. And and let me, and I have this wrote down, and you can – I don't know if you have that stat we can pull up that you sent me about his yards per attempt. Do you think people – and I know, I know – I think I did – 
underestimated Bryce's injury because obviously he missed most of Arkansas game after he got hurt, missed all the A&M game, and then he comes out versus Tennessee and throws for over 400 yards, some touchdowns, and he got pounded the whole entire game but yet still did what he did. So I think people, and maybe us included, were like, oh, so this isn't that big of a deal. His injury isn't that big of a deal. But then the next few games go by, the Ole Miss game goes by, and it's like you start noticing they're not throwing down the field. Not that they were just lighting it up down the field before he got hurt, but they were at least taking some shots more during the game. And it's like you especially saw it – I especially saw it in the Ole Miss game – they just don't take hardly any shots anymore down the field since he got hurt. Yeah, I got the stat pulled up. Of all the QBs facing Ole Miss's defense this year, Bryce Young, 6.3 yards per attempt, was only better than Troy, Central Arkansas, and Georgia Tech. Only two teams worse than Bryce's 6.4 yards per attempt versus LSU this year. Since the Arkansas injury, since he got injured at Arkansas, he has failed to hit over nine yards per attempt. Or per average, so he's averaging what six something yeah. in those two and games. Everything, and that's what I when I said he only had two hundred yards passing. And you know, you see people saying a lot of pages we follow saying, you know, Bryce Young put this team on his back. Yeah, but I mean, if 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 you're not watching a game with blinders, Bryce didn't play good against Ole Miss again. He played bad against LSU. He didn't play good against Ole Miss. Yeah. And I think he is hurt. I think he's hurt. Bill O'Brien's terrible play well, he's, calling. He's definitely and hurt. The receivers but he, just. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just a lot of dump downs. It, a lot of dude. I know we didn't watch the game together this week. A lot of the pressure and the hits he's taking, it's on himself. Yeah, there is guys open. Yeah, there's guys open. He don't want to dump it down quicker, like fast, like he needs to. I, the one it was like third and eleven, and he ran and juked and then stretched out and was still a yard short. I think I might have. Text y'all like right after that play, and yeah. he had Gibbs in the flat, yeah. wide open. Mm-hmm. The closest defender was ten yards up the field. Yeah. Now he would have had to make a man miss, but I'd much rather have the ball in Gibbs' hand, trying to make a guy miss, than a probably five, ten, one hundred eighty pound quarterback that's hurt. And to me, Bryce, I know he's a competitor; he wants to play. Bryce has cost himself a decent amount of money to me this year. I know we're gonna break it down the sooner we get towards the uh, NFL draft. I don't – to me, if I'm a team up at the top of the draft board, I'm not taking Bryce. He's too yeah. small. He's too small. He holds on to the ball. And there is something like, about – He takes too many hits. The middle of the field, he can't see it. He just can't see it. I don't know if it's because he's short or what. He, he pro, He's processing slow. And I don't know if that's the injury. I don't know what it is. but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's sight. I don't know if it goes back to not having chemistry with his receivers and not really not trusting them. But to think about it, and if Bryce needs to succeed, if he gets drafted at the top of the board, that's like him going to the Texans, him going to the Lions. Lions. He's going to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> or Raiders, depending on how their season continues. Yeah, but I actually, we, I, we need to give credit. I think the defense. I was really hard on them last week. They looked pretty rough. They're still just so soft, man, missing a lot of tackles, and it's really frustrating. We're not getting a lot of turnovers, but I think – now, Rick's going out kind of hurt us because they were kind of picking on Arnold. There. They were going after they were going Arnold. at Arnold, and they, they stopped in the second half. I would 
to me, I was very surprised at Lane Kiffin. Some of the play calls he was calling in the second half, and I don't know if that was Dart just doing his thing or what, but Dart, dude, he looked bad. I don't know why he just kept trying to run the ball. Like on pass plays, he wouldn't even let the play develop, and if he didn't have pressure, he'd just take off running right into a sack. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what he's doing, but the guys seem like in the second half they really they played a lot harder. Yeah, and, and really we saw – I can't remember when it was. We've seen Nick Saban kind of huddle guys and go at them, but I think we've saw for the first time since Bryce has been there or since he's been the starter, really get in people's face and be like, "Hey, I don't know. Nobody knows what he says, but basically, probably just challenging them, these guys, and saying, "Hey, y'all need to step up and let's let's do this." And it's something we're gonna have to talk about in the off season and stuff. But the offensive line, we've. Got to get more physical. We still can't run the ball, man. Yeah. And, like, and if we need a yard, third and one, you need a yard. Old teams in the past, we're blowing guys off the ball. We're doing what yeah, Georgia if, does. If it's third can't and one, third now. and two in the past, no sweat. You know we're about to pick this up. We're having to throw the ball sometimes now. Yeah. And it, it – and I don't know. A lot of them I have to do because of Bryce. I just – it makes me so mad when it's short yardage situation and when you're shotgun. I just – I don't understand that thinking. Obviously – Bryce is no threat on a re- – I mean, he is a threat if they did it, but they never do a read option. And you wouldn't want him doing a read option anyway, but it's like just – I just don't understand not getting under center, handing the ball off. Somebody hit – somebody said uh, we if you, if you watch the games, we don't do a lot of play true play action anymore. And I don't know if that's because of Bryce. I don't know why. We don't. We don't do it. And that could be a reason some of the receivers are struggling to get open. Because when you're just doing a straight drop straight back – Straight drop. When you do play action, the linebackers, the safeties, they're all having even, to take a step. They're even, having to wait yeah. for a second, and the receivers are gaining ground on them. Even if they don't come forward, they're freezing. Yeah, right. And I don't know, that could be what's hurting the receivers. I'm not sure. But I know next year we got to get back to it. And I think – and I don't understand having, not having packages for Milrow in a short yardage. Again, don't make them read a defense. Just snap it to them, let them run – put it in a goal line package and let them run. I mean, he's bigger than our running backs. He's yeah. probably stronger than our running yeah. backs. Oh, easy. Second, yeah, easy. second and one, third and one, second and goal from the one or two. Tebow and take all the receivers out, bring in your fullbacks, tight ends on O-linemen, and just say, hey, just run forward and get it. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we're, you know, I guess Bill doesn't think that way or Saban doesn't like doing it. But And, you know, I think a lot of defenses have started to pick up on Bryce not throwing the ball down the field because of his injury. Because if you – Dude, there were so many times Ole Miss's defense, all 11 guys, like every single player on defense were, were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. That usually doesn't. Usually you have a safety or two that's maybe creeping up 12, 13, 15 yards, but hardly ever at the snap are all 11 guys within, unless you're on the goal line, obviously. Well, but We don't even take deep shots. Yeah. I don't understand. There is no – you cannot – I still don't understand not playing Harrelson. He's not. And I sent you today, Saban. Oh, Lord. What Saban said about Harrell, he's going to help us and stuff. The season's basically almost over. I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah. Was he going to help? Maybe help us in the bowl game? Maybe in the Iron Bowl or whatever? But we don't even take deep shots. And what was perplexing because all our routes seem to be deep routes. Everything we do is Bryce off schedule. I don't know. It's not. It's 
It's as if something's got I, to give. It's as if a lot of the plays are meant to be checkdowns. Like, hey, we're gonna send everybody deep, make them think we're gonna try to look for somebody deep, and then just check it down to Gibbs and give them a lot of space. I don't know. It just it's not very creative. It's not very good. I'm actually going. They're playing Austin P. How do you say it? P. Austin yeah, P. Austin P. This Saturday, I will be there. Oh, nice. But I mean, I wouldn't play Bryce. I wouldn't play Gibbs. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about Ricks. They didn't say anything about him, did they? Other than he suffered a head injury. Oh, I don't know. No. Yeah, they said they hadn't tested him for a concussion after the game. So I don't know. So all they said was a head injury, but that's it. Let me tell you this. Uh, Auburn played Ole Miss. Auburn scored more points than we did. Auburn had 300 yards rushing on Ole Miss. Pretty much every team that has played Ole Miss has ran it down their throat, and we could not. Yeah. It's, we couldn't it's close out drive. We couldn't close out drives with touchdowns. We had a chance two or three times to win, easily win the game. Don't give the ball back to them, and we could not do it. Yeah, and I, now I will say, to the team's credit, in the se- second half, a little bit later in the game, they did look. To me, they looked way better on a few drives in the second half than they have all year, as far as defensively and offensively. Like the uh, there was a few plays McClellan McClellan ran very hard that he broke three four five tackles on one drive and then the offensive lineman actually got behind and then just watch him. Yeah, but think um, about who you're playing. But I'm saying compared to what they have looked like yeah. the other games, and I guess. It, it's what's what's sad is as not bad as they looked, but as not really great as they looked. That was their best away game. Yeah, as far as and mental Alabama mental errors and all that stuff. Crazy hard. Away schedule. Yeah. I mean, very hard. So, I mean, hey, listen, I think we both can agree that we're both excited that they won. It's a step in the right direction. Hopefully it continues. Auburn is looking much more harder than it was in the beginning of the year. And then we got a bowl game. Hopefully guys can stay healthy and guys continue to, hey, they know what the standard is. You got to meet the standard. But we were both glad that they won 30-24. to we're going to take a quick break to listen to our ad, and we'll come right back and go over our picks from next week and then go over some games coming up this week. All right, we're back. We're going to run through last week's picks really fast. Obviously, we already went over um, Alabama, Ole Miss. I think you picked Alabama, didn't you? Yeah. So I picked Ole Miss, got that one wrong. Glad I got that one wrong, but I got it wrong. Uh, so this one surprised us. TCU at Texas, I think – David actually picked TCU. Both of us picked Texas. We thought at Texas, um, TCU did not look good against, I can't remember who it was, right before Texas, the week before. Texas Tech. Texas. Was it Texas Tech? Yeah. Um, whoever they played. Yeah, they didn't look good. I thought Texas was going to not really upset them because they were the favorite, but Quinn Ewers had just an atrocious game, just absolutely terrible we thought this might be the year. I mean, it's only his second year, but we thought this might be the year Sark and his team does some stuff. They lost 17-10 to 10 and really wasted a very good defensive effort to hold TCU to 17 points. Yeah, it was a very hard game to watch, more of a defensive game. Arch Manning is licking his chops to get into Texas and probably taking the starting job next year. If viewers don't step up, this game would surprise me. I had it more of a high scoring. I had 42-38. to 38. It was really low scoring. Texas scored a touchdown right there at the very end. They really could not do much. Key drops hurt Texas. Billingsley pulled a Billingsley, and he dropped one. Very easy. Their tight end had a couple. Worthy had one or two. And then, like I said, 
uh, Quinn Ewers was just, he was not very good at all. In the next game, we went over. This is surprising also. Very surprising. And the point spread was three, and we were like, man, that's really low. LSU at Arkansas, LSU won 13 to 10. Yeah. And we both had LSU winning, but I had LSU winning 38 to 28. I had LSU winning 38 to 21. I thought it was going to be big. KJ Jefferson didn't even play yeah. for Arkansas. If KJ Jefferson is healthy and plays, I won't say easily, but I could see by 10 points because if you watch any part of that game, Arkansas's backup quarterbacks were just not good at all. Um, now, K- K.J. Jefferson didn't like, you know, oh, he's the best quarterback in the nation. Mm-hmm. He's better than those guys. Um, and, yeah, they, I mean, it was just an ugly game. Like, I think – I'm going to pull it up. Um, and I know coming off the early game – had an early game against Tennessee and got blown out. Um, early game this week, coming off a big game, big win versus Alabama, but they just they looked bad, like very, very bad. Offense looked horrible. KJ Jefferson, or not KJ Jefferson, uh, Jaden Daniels only threw for 86 yards and one interception. His QBR was nine. 9.7 was his QBR. Yeah, he went. He went back to the Jaden Daniels at the beginning of the season, and I I don't know. To me, this game just shows how drastic, how drastically different teams play on the road, yeah, and at home. I mean, this is ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I I wanted LSU to lose as a Bama fan. Selfishly, I wanted them to lose, and I'm like, hey, if they lose, you know, we beat Ole Miss and they lose at A and M, we're in the SC championship. But I mean, good for them winning. They won because of one guy. Harold Perkins. Yeah, the guy, he's a beast. He's a absolute freak. Four sacks. Four sacks, two forced fumbles, pass breakup. He was an absolute freak. And we're going to have to deal with him for another two years. Every team in the SEC is going to have to deal with that guy because he's an absolute freak. Our last game we picked, Georgia at Mississippi State. It was only a 16.5-point spread. Georgia hammered him 45-19. But it was actually pretty close at halftime. I want to say it was like – Seventeen to twelve at halftime. So yeah, so I picked. Uh, we both picked picked that one right. George, I had him winning forty one twenty four, but it was forty five nineteen. So close on that. But so upcoming games, there's really not a lot. Excuse me. There's really other than two. This is a terrible week. Yeah, two football. top ten matchups. There's not a lot of big time games like you know, we can hit up maybe Alabama and Auburn in the SEC. But there's really they're playing like Austin P and then Auburn's playing Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky only a five point spread. Yeah, um, but I think after seeing how hard they played, I think it, they'll beat them by a couple of touchdowns. I would say, yeah. um, but really a, just a down week. Um, we can hit these two games. Number seven USC at and this is AP poll rankings as of today. USC at number sixteen UCLA. USC is a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, I don't. I got UCLA here. I think they were looking ahead last week. Got upset by Arizona. Arizona's really bad. They got upset. I think uh, USC. Their defense is atrocious. So give me UCLA. They got really. They're good on both lines of scrimmage. I think they're better than USC. Uh, teams lose on the road. Top teams lose on the road. This year, the road team has been zero and seven in top ten matchups. Uh, top 15, Bama finally broke that. They're 2-12. and 12. Give me UCLA. I got them beating USC. Give me UCLA, I think, more of a higher scoring game. Maybe 38-35 to 35 UCLA. 
Yeah, I'll go UCLA also. Um, like you said, USC's defense is just terrible. Really, since the South game, UCLA's kind of turned it on, even though they got beat by Oregon, I believe, UCLA. Yeah. Um, but still a very good team. I have UCLA winning at home. Kind of more of a lower-scoring game for these two teams. I'm going to go 31-27. 31-27, our last game we're going to talk about is number 10, Utah. My fighting Utahs. At Making the playoffs? Tw- hey, playoffs? Just wait for my sleeper pick. Playoffs? At number 12, Oregon. Oregon is a three-point favorite. Oregon absolutely killed herself last week, losing to Washington. We're going to hit our playoff predi- updated playoff predictions here in a second. Steven, I've been riding with Utah all year. You have. If Oregon would have won last week, I definitely would have picked Utah because Bo Nix would have been feeling himself. But I, I'm a man of my word. I said Utah is going to make the playoffs, and they still got an outsider's chance here. I mean, come on. We're going to win out? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Give me Utah. I don't know why, except I picked them, so I'm just going to stick with them. Give me Utah in a high-scoring game. Utah, 45-42. to 42. So, I think Oregon bounces back. I think they're going to be – and you, you never know how a team's going to bounce back. After a loss, especially a very disappointing loss. Um, but I think they're going to bounce back um, and get the dub at home, 38-35. to 35. Um, So, I think Oregon does it. Like we said, there's not really in the SEC, you know, there's just not really many good games. I mean, there's a couple SEC matchups like who, who Ole Miss and Arkansas play. Um, I mean, I could see maybe Arkansas winning that depending on – it depends on if KJ Jefferson plays. Um, that's the biggest key. I don't know how bad his injury is. Um, Oregon, uh, Georgia, and Kentucky play this week. That Georgia it was supposed play. to be a good game. Kentucky yeah. wet the bed against Vandy last week. I just don't on how can how can you Will Levis? How can anybody still say after this season? I mean, honors, but it's Vandy. He only. He threw 11 – it was 11 of 23 for 109 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. And it's not like uh, this was just a bad game. He has not looked good this year. If he – They're just he's, strictly he's looking being, at. Yeah, he's only being looked at as a top quarterback because he's big and has a strong arm. That's it. That's the same reason a lot of people were questioning, oh, will Anthony Richardson go pro? If he goes pro – and gets drafted in the first or second round, it's literally has nothing to do with what he has done on the field throwing the ball. Obviously, he's an elite athlete, extremely fast, extremely big, has an extremely strong arm. I mean, he can launch it. But watch his games. He he has not looked like a first or second round quarterback. Yeah, I'm with you. Watch their games. So, let's go over our updated playoff predictions. So, I'm going to break it down for everybody listening. This season has came down to there's 10 teams now with a chance to make the playoffs. I'm going to go over them. Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Clemson, USC, Bama. Yes, I said Bama. Tennessee, and here's a sleeper, North Carolina. So, I'm going to go over it. North Carolina and Clemson, both in the ACC, both have one loss. They're going to play each other in the ACC championship. They both have one loss. I think the winner of that game, if they remain whatever, 12-1, and one, I think they could get in. 
Michigan and Ohio State, they're going to play each other. So one of those teams are going to go to the undefeated, and the other team's going to have one loss. LSU, Georgia, they're going to play each other in the SEC Championship. Tennessee is sitting pretty. They're going to have one loss. Yeah. I think USC is going to get knocked out. So if I'm going over my playoff prediction, and TCU is undefeated, man, I'm not sold on TCU. They got Baylor this week. I'm trying to, who would TCU play in their conference championship? Right now it's lining up to play Kansas State. So, yeah, that is right. Yeah. But when they played in the, earlier in the year, Kansas State jumped on them and got up big in the TCU battle yeah. back. So, if I'm looking at my updated – I'll tell you, and this – don't think I'm crazy here. My updated uh, predictions is going to be – I got Georgia, Georgia 1, uh, Ohio State 2, Michigan and Tennessee. Yeah. I think so. I think so. You're gonna you you're saying that ten, uh, Ohio State beats Michigan, but then TCU loses yeah. to Kansas State in their conference championship. Yeah, that's how Michigan slides back in. Yeah. Okay. So I can see that. Yeah. This is why I say, and I, a lot of people say that the conference championships matter. I believe they do matter, but but I don't think anybody sitting here today can say if North Carolina beats Clemson and they go 11-1, and one, that they're better than Michigan. No. And if me and you are on the committee and we're looking at it, you say, okay, well, let's put Michigan in the ACC. Michigan's winning the ACC. It's yeah. that simple. It's that simple. And they both got one loss. I mean, are you going to credit? I guess you can credit them. But looking at it now, that's what I actually think is going to happen. I could see North Carolina losing before they play Clemson and then them beating Clemson. I could see TCU losing in the Big 12 championship. And the Pac-12 basically knocked herself out with UCLA and Oregon losing. Yeah. What's going to be – so mine aren't – I'm going to have Georgia, Ohio State, and then – To me, Georgia, Georgia, Ohio State, and Tennessee, just, I just think they're in. I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot. Um, or Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, whichever wins that game. Yeah. So, Georgia, Ohio State, I think they haven't looked great, but they've still found ways to win. I think TC wins out, and they're in at three. And then Tennessee's sitting at what – that's going to be extremely hard on the committee to choose between Michigan and Tennessee. Who gets that fourth spot? I think it's – I think it is Tennessee. Yeah. But – but, so – the score didn't really show it as much, but I would say Georgia blew out Tennessee. If you watch the game, yeah, they owned them in every phase of the game. If Michigan loses an extremely close game to Ohio State, does Michigan get the edge over Tennessee? Let me ask you this. If you're sitting on the committee and it's Tennessee-Michigan, you say it's Tennessee-Michigan, one loss Clemson. What do you look at? Tennessee will have – Two top ten wins. Yeah. LSU and Alabama. Clemson, the only team in the, that will probably still be in the top 25 that they beat, it would be North Carolina. Yeah. And maybe – no, NC State just got beat, so probably North Carolina. Michigan, the only team they have probably beat in the top 25 would be Penn, Penn State. State. And they've – And they're, they're what? They got top. Illinois this week, but <laughs> Illinois has probably dropped out of the top 25. So, yeah. Penn State. So, do you take Tennessee that is beat two top ten teams and lost to the number one team in the country on the road? 
Or do you take Michigan, who didn't play anybody, beat up on the likes of UConn, Clemson that didn't really play anybody, lost to Notre Dame? I don't know. It's a tough decision, but I, I got Tennessee. Yeah, I would say Michigan or Tennessee before Clemson because of the ugly loss. Even if Clemson wins the – I would say just because, would say too. because of the ugly loss to Notre Dame. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. It, to me, the reason we got the playoffs now and the playoff committee is to take away this – somebody saying, well, we won our conference championship. If, if that's the criteria, then you should get rid of the committee and just say, hey, whoever wins their conference championship – Let's just take the top five or, you know, whatever, top four conference champions and let's play. Yeah. You can't do that. No, I mean, you can't. So, let's just say Tennessee didn't make it. Well, no, they didn't win their conference championship, but they also lost to to the team that won the conference championship. And the only reason they didn't make it is because they're in the same exact conference as Georgia. If the SEC did what – the Big 12 does, or the Pac-12 does, Tennessee and Georgia would be playing in the SEC championship. Yeah. Because they both only got one – or Tennessee's got one loss and Georgia's undefeated. Yeah. It's going to be very exciting, very interesting, and fun to watch. And you'll be kind of – I mean, obviously I'll hope – I would not hope because it's not going to happen, but I would wish the Alabama would be in the mix. But it's going to be – not going to say fun, but interesting sitting on the outside just watching it all happen and not having a team one in loss, it. One loss TCU to me is not in. Oh no! If they lose, they're definitely out. Yeah. Um, kind of like, like last year, if Cincinnati would have lost one game, they'd have fallen several spots and wouldn't have had a chance. And people are getting mad, but that's why people are making these super conferences now. That's why USC and UCLA is going to the Big Ten. That's why Texas, Oklahoma is coming in, and it's going to keep being like that. They're going to be super conferences. Yeah. So you know. And they're going to twelve team playoffs. So now, has that how they officially announced they're going to twelve team, and they're yeah, trying. Right. I think it's is it what I year is that? They now that's what they haven't set a date to. What's what's funny and we've the talked ACC about it. The ACC is holding it up. Yeah, and we talked about it, I think off the show. I don't know if we've mentioned it on the show is a lot of the reason they want expansion. A lot of time, a lot of people want expansions because they're tired of the same big conferences being in it. But it's like, okay, if the at the end of the season. Let's just let's just look at the SEC because everybody was tired of you know multiple SEC teams making fourteen playoff. If you have twelve teams, and how many? I mean Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Alabama. Let me, that would be four I'm SEC of a twelve team playoff. Kiffin tweeted this week, and I'm looking. He tweeted. It's gonna take me a while to find. He tweeted what the bracket would look like if there was a 12-team playoff. Let me see if I can find it real quick. And this was crazy. It was it was really good. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. It was really good. Uh, here, let me see if I can find it. But, yes, I mean, you could have four teams this year. In some years, 12-team playoff, you could have – Possibly five. I don't know if you get as high as six. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So this year, before last week's games, before last week's games, this is what the first round of the playoffs would look like. Number twelve, Tulane, because the top team in the non five. It yeah. had been Tulane versus in the first round, Tulane versus Michigan, Ole Miss versus Tennessee, Clemson versus LSU, Alabama versus USC, and then uh, let's see, Georgia, Ohio State, TCU. 
and Oregon would have had to buy. So, I mean, they, they, that's exciting. That is exciting. And that right there, how many SEC teams? One, two, three, four, five. Who's the fifth one? Georgia. No, I mean, Georgia, Tennessee, so, LSU, Alabama. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, five out of 12. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the big conference is still going to be in it. It'll be interesting to see. I, let's just go ahead and roll in the NFL. You want to do that? Let's yeah. go ahead. So, we have – a little bit of NFL we're going to go over. We'll go over the games real quick. But first off, we're going to hit on uh, Jeff Saturday, longtime Colts offensive lineman, a Hall of Fame player, um, all-pro player, played with Peyton, Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, you know, just some very great guy. I think he had one year in Green Bay his last year. But he was announced as the interim head coach after Frank is it Wright? Right. Wright got fired. And there was a lot of blowback because of he's never he's never coached. I don't he, high school. High he's coached high school, but he's never coached head coach or position coach, college or NFL. And I think even Bill Cower, you know, if you saw his video, he was saying this is a disgrace to the coaching profession that he was given this job has zero coaching experience at, at a big level. And so we're going to discuss it. I mean, what what are your thoughts? Not just obviously Bill Cower, but like the blowback, and where do you stand either way? Uh, I mean, I'm on both sides, but I will say this: Who and he gave? He said he's played with Hall of Fame players. He knows the ropes and everything. To me, being a head coach is about being a leader of men and having everybody respect and play hard for you. It's about coming up with a game plan. You got an offense coordinator, you got a defense coordinator. So I look at it like this. NFL is the only sport that this doesn't happen. NBA, Steve Kerr, no coaching experience whatsoever. He has won four champions, I think four or five championships as a coach on at the Golden State Warriors. Derek Fisher didn't have any experience. They put him in. MLB, you got a He's at the manager at the Yankees right now. He went straight from calling games, so they put him in the booth. So, and there's different different situations in those. Steve Nash sports. never. Steve Nash, there you go. Never had any coaching. He got fired, but and they put him still. in for two years. So, but, I, I want to say Doc there, Rivers. They said didn't have any coaching experience, and they put him in his first job. And so, I think, and there's different positions that I've heard people say over the last couple of weeks, quarterback center, and inside linebacker. They said those three positions had to know what every single person on the field is doing because the center calls out, you know, the who's blocking who, and he, you know, directs everything. So a lot of the former players seem to not have a, not have a problem with it because a lot of them were saying, hey, the players know more than the coaches anyway. And Yeah, most of the time. I mean, most of the time. I mean, you look, look, at, look at Bryce Young right now. <laughs> I mean, you don't think Bryce Young could call plays probably better than Billy O? Yeah. Now, a lot of the former coaches are really mad about it. I'm 50-50. Clearly, he knows what he's doing. They picked up a dub this week. He literally came from not, not coaching at this team, not having anything to do with them, shows up, and they win the football game. They couldn't run. He gets there. They're running down people's throats. Yeah. Like you said, I could see – where somebody might be upset that he was – I mean, basically, he, he was just given it. He, he was um, just given the uh, interim job. That's a key word, interim job. Um, 
and Bill Cowher's um, rant that he did, and I'm sure other people's feelings are the same, is that you have coaches there that have been work that have been with this team the whole season, have put in the long hours, and and worked hard for this team. Why were they not given the opportunity? And I understand that argument, but also kind of how the, the same with Cadillac Williams. This isn't going to be just a job for him. He played pretty much his whole career, except for one year. And he was a consultant with the Colts, too. Yeah. Jeff Sarity. So he was a little bit involved. I don't know what he consulted on specifically, but... He, he was friends with the owner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, he was just friends. Um, So, it's not going to be just a job for him. He's going to work hard. And he even said it himself. He might finish... He might... What do they have? Eight more games? Seven. Seven more games. He said... We might play seven more games, and I'm like, yeah, this wasn't for me. I'm terrible. I'm out. And then they hire somebody else. I, but is anybody really going to complain if he's, like, very, very good at his job? Is anybody at the end of the season if he – I mean, I don't know how much he'll turn them around, but if he shows a lot of promise and they, the players want to play for him, is anybody really going to still be saying, no, he shouldn't have it? So, like, he's going to work hard for this team because he grew up or not grow up, but play there his pretty much his whole career. Um, Let me ask you this: So Jeff Sardi, he was a leader for yeah. the Colts, great leader. So let me ask you this: If Tom Brady and retires this year, in three years the Buccaneers are trash, and they say, "Hey Tom, you want to come be the head coach?" Do you think that the players in that locker room would want to play for Tom Brady? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He he can speak their lingo. And you just got to look at on the field. The Colts got 120 yards or something against the Patriots last week. Uh, the head coach, Frank Wright, had benched Matt Ryan for the last three games, was going with Sam Elliger. Jeff Saturday gets in there. He says, hey, Sam's my guy. I'm going to go with him. And then coming out of the game uh, yesterday, who's starting? Matt Ryan. He said, I saw him throw in practice, and I said, hey, he's still got it. Matt Ryan goes in there. They score 25 points. They run the ball down the Raiders' throat. Yeah. And they couldn't run. And that's what he does. He's He motivated yeah. them. They're, they're, I hope they – I legit, I would love if they made the play, made a run. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if that's that going to happen. Like crying but, and, like, I'm just like, dude, come on. But, I mean, I don't have a huge problem with it. Like you said, we've already said it. He's going to work hard. The players, because he was a player – I feel like we'll play harder for a former player that knows what they're going through. And I think he genuinely – not saying coaches don't genuinely care about the players, but because he went through it, maybe he has a upper – an edge on um, caring a little bit more um, since he knows what it takes and all that stuff. But, I mean, I think he's obviously played center for a long time. you got to be smart. You can't just – that's not a position that you can just rely on your ability. you got to be smart too. Um, it'd be fun to fun to watch. Yeah, fun to watch, and they play the Raiders. Raiders could be probably the worst team in the NFL. The, yeah, uh, Derek Carr comes out after the game yesterday, and he's at, he's legit crying. I've never seen, and I've never seen that happen in my life. Yeah, years. he he was he was crying, saying, you know, people don't realize what what the players have to do to play in the game, to practice, to even sleep. He said, you don't realize, and he wishes that his everybody cared like him. I think he's talking about the head coach, Josh McDaniels. He's about to get fired, and he'll be the offensive coordinator next year for the Patriots. <laughs> they should bring him back. That might be why Bill just uh, had the two clowns on the offense. Like, hey, let Josh go be terrible for a year, and then we'll bring him back. 
Um, but let's look at the games real quick. Um, Monday night, actually, game tonight. Uh, Commanders, Eagles. Eagles, Eagles money. Yeah, keep it rolling. MVP uh, candidate, Jalen Hurts. Should be MVP candidate to a tongue of Iloa right there with Jalen. I think I think it's Jalen's right now because Josh Allen the past few weeks have not has Daddy. has been bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know Jalen Tua. Patrick and, Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. He's seems to always be in there. Um, but I like Jalen leading it right now for sure. Uh, Tua being out really it hurt his stats, but I think it showed even more how valuable he is to that team. So Eagles going to win tonight. We'll call that. Coming up the next week, week 11, Thursday night game, Titans at Packers, who surprisingly beat the Cowboys. I'm actually going to go with the Packers. Titans got a lot of guys out right now. If you watch them play against the Giants, Ryan Tannehill is not healthy, but he's got to play because Malik Willis is just god-awful. Yeah. So, give me the Packers. I think they may have figured something out. Run the ball. Yeah, you wonder why it took them so long to figure that out. But um, I'll go with Packers as well. Um, I, like you said, might have figured something out. Just give it to your probably two best players on offense. Easy. Um, next game on Sunday, some games, Bears and Falcons. Man, Justin Fields is starting to look absolutely incredible. He's starting to run the ball. He's like back-to-back games with 65-plus yard touchdown runs. Uh, give me the Bears. Yeah, I think they're starting to incorporate his uh, athletic ability and running into the offense a little bit more. So, yeah, I'll go Bears on that at the Falcons. Um, And then Browns, who just got beat by the Dolphins, at the Bills, who looked horrible versus – I can't even think of the Vikings. The Vikings, which the Vikings are a very good team. Underrated good team. Um, But who you got in that one? Uh, Bills. Yeah, I'll go Bills. I think I don't know if Josh can have continue having horrible games like he's having. Man, he is NFL is just so different than college football. He's slumping right now, but I think he's he's Josh Allen, dude. He's a stud. When the money's on the line in the playoffs, I think he'll perform. Right. And then the Eagles again on Sunday versus the Colts. You said you'd like to see the Colts make a run. Do you think they're do you think Jeff's going to lead them to a victory over the undefeated? Probably could be, eight yeah, they're gonna be undefeated, undefeated after tonight. Uh, no. If he does, if he does, they give him the job, just make man. Him give him the head coaching job. No, I don't think so. Eagles are probably the most talented roster, top to bottom in the league. Yeah, I'll go Eagles. I don't think uh, Colts can hang with them on that. Uh, Jets six and three at the Patriots five and four. So uh, Patriots are last in their division right now. Let me tell you, uh, I got the Patriots just because Zach Wilson is god-awful. When he plays yeah. the Patriots, he is horrible. So, give me the Patriots. Yeah, I'll go Patriots as well. Rams at the Saints. Saints, the Rams. Both teams Cooper only Cole's three wins. Probably fixing to be out for a while. Matthew Stafford's out. They're horrible. I guess give me the Saints. At the Saints, you said? Yeah. Saints. Yeah, both three win team. I'll go at the Saints. Or, I'll go Saints. Uh, Lions. At the, the Lions have three wins. Yeah, just beat the Bears. <laughs> That's right. I thought I thought the Bears pulled that out. Beat the Packers and the Bears back to back. Yeah, they're on the rise. Uh, Lions at the Giants, who struggled a little bit at first with the Texans, but then came out with a win. 
Uh, give me the Giants. I think Saquon, Saquon Barkley, they run the ball really well. Brian Dayball, Giants. Yeah, I'll go Giants as well. Panthers at the Ravens. I think P.J. Walker is, is – it has a name, P.J. Walker for the yeah. Panthers. He's no, hurt. Is Mayfield starting? Yeah, Mayfield starting this week. Yeah, give me the Ravens. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I'll go Ravens on that one as well. Commanders at the one-win Houston Texans. The Washington Commanders. Yeah, I go with the Commanders as well. Texans are just not good. They're playing for that first overall pick to try to get C.J. Stroud. Raiders, who both teams, both of these two teams, Raiders at the Broncos, two extremely surprisingly bad teams. These two teams are absolutely horrible. I guess I'll go with the Broncos. To me, I think the Raiders have quit. Uh, Hunter Renfro's on our – Waller's on IR. Yeah, give me the Broncos. And here's a crazy thing for you. I saw today if the Broncos would have scored at least 18 points in every one of their games, they'd be 8-1 and one right now. That's how good their defense is. Yeah, and that's the thing that we thought Russell Wilson would help because they, they, they have a points. great defense. Yeah, that's like – That's embarrassing. Yeah. 18 points, that's not a lot of points at all in the well, NFL or college, but especially that's not a lot of points. And, yeah, I'll go Broncos. You know, both teams could have new coaches after only one year of their head coaches. And it feels a hard business, but, yeah. Yeah, but they'll still have a lot of money. Cowboys, who just lost to the Packers at the 8-1 and Vikings. Give me the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, mm, he is top three receiver in the NFL. He is an absolute stud. Probably the catch of a lifetime he just had. He had a good day for me uh, yeah. in fantasy. Yeah, he's – He's a freak show, man. Give me the give me the Vikings. Yeah, I'll go Vikings as well. I don't think that's a hard pick. Um, I, Bengals at the Steelers. Bengals. Yeah, I'll go Bengals. Uh, Steelers are just even though they just won, um, just beat the who they beat. Um, who Steelers? Yeah, I'm trying Saints. to. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I flip back and forth between so many games, I get lose track. Uh, yeah, the Steelers are just not a very good team. So I'll go with the Bengals on that. Chiefs at the Chargers. Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I go Chiefs as well. Chargers have been surprisingly not not very good this year. Uh, and then the Monday night game next week, 49ers, who seem to have kind of even you know they're five and four, but they've definitely come along. 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. This game's actually in Mexico. Mexico City. Is it? Okay. Yep. Uh, 49ers. If whoever the 49ers are playing, I'm probably going to pick the 49ers from here on out unless they play the Bills or maybe the Chiefs or somebody. Like Stephen said, they have figured it out. Their defense is incredible. D'Amico Ryans. Ooh. Like to have him. Go. He is great. Jimmy G doing what Jimmy G does. He he, he can turn it over twice a game. They got uh, C-Mac now. Debo, I love the 49ers. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going 49ers on that as well. They've been very good. Jimmy G just wins. You know, he's not spec- he's not impressive. He's kind of like AJ was when he was at Bama or, or Greg McElroy. Nothing spectacular Stetson or Stetson Bennett. Not like, you know, amazingly um, athletic and just the strongest arm ever. But they do their job and they win games. So, give me the 49ers on that for sure. Well, that kind of wraps it up for us tonight, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, 
Do not forget to go to Instagram and check out the video of the creepy old man and our Did I Do That. You might have already seen it, but go check it out. It'll make your spine crawl. Um, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. DM us any ideas. If you want to join the show, we'd love to have you on. We love having people on, so come see us. We're going to the Bama basketball game tomorrow night. I'll be at the Bama game Saturday, so should be fun. My first game in a while. For sure. Um, for sure. But we'll talk to you next week. See you. See you.